Chapter 22 of The Countess of Charny by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Set Upon Dying Thus stood matters when Dr. Gilbert's officiator, the word servant was abolished as non-republican, announced at nine in the evening that his carriage was at the door. He donned his hat, buttoned up his outer coat and was going out, when he saw the doorway blocked by a man in a cloak and a slouch hat. Gilbert recoiled a step, for all was hostile that came in the dark at such a period. "'It is I, Gilbert,' said a kindly voice. "'Cogliostro!' exclaimed the doctor. "'Good. There you are forgetting again that I am no longer under that name, but bear that of Baron Zanone. At the same time, Gilbert,' For you I am changed in neither name nor heart, and am ever your Joseph Balsamo, I hope. Yes, and the proof is that I was going to find you. I suspected as much, and that is what has brought me, said the magician. For you can imagine that in such times I do not go into the country, as Robespierre is doing. That is why I feared that I should not find you at home and I am happy to meet you. But come in, I beg. Well, here I am. Say your wish, said Cogliostro, following the master into the most retired room. Do you know what is going on? asked the host, as soon as both were seated. You mean what is going to happen? For at present nothing is doing, observed the other. "'No, you are right. "'But something dreadful is brewing, eh?' "'Dreadful, in sooth. "'But such is sometimes needful.' "'Master, you make me shudder,' said Gilbert, "'when you utter such sayings with your inexorable coolness.' "'I cannot help it. "'I am but the echo of fate.' "'Gilbert hung his head.' Do you recall what I told you when I warned you of the fate of Marquis Favras? The physician started. Strong in facing most men, he felt weak as a child before this mysterious character. I told you, went on the enigma, that if the king had a grain of common sense, which I hoped he had not, he would exercise the wish for self-preservation to flee. He did so. Yes, but I meant while it was in good time. It was, you know, too late when he went. I added, you may remember, that if he and the queen and the nobles remained, I would bring on the revolution. You are right again, for the revolution rules, said Gilbert with a sigh. Not completely, but it is getting on. Do you further recall that I showed you an instrument invented by a friend of mine, Dr. Guillotin? Well, that beheading machine which I exhibited in a drinking glass to the future queen at Tavernay Manor, you will remember, though you were but a boy at the time, no higher than that. You, already courting Nicole, 
the same Nicole whose husband beau sire, by the way, is being hung at the present speaking. Not before he deserved it. Well, that machine is hard at work. Too slowly, since swords and pikes have to be supplementing its blade, said Gilbert. Listen, said Cogliostro. You must grant that we have a most blockheaded crew to deal with. We gave the aristocrats, the court, and the monarchs all sorts of warnings, without their profiting or being advised by them. We took the Bastille, their persons from Versailles, their palace in Paris. We shut up their king in the temple, and the aristocrats in the other prisons, and all serves for no end." The king, under lock and bolt, rejoices at the Prussians taking his towns, and the lords in the abbey cheer the Germans. They drink wine under the noses of poor people who cannot get wholesome water, and eat truffle pies before beggars who cannot get bread. On King Wilhelm of Prussia being notified that if he passes Longueville into French territory, as it will be the warrant for the king's death, he replies, however embittered may be the fate of the royal family, our armies must not retrograde. I hope with all my heart to arrive in time to save the King of France, but my duty before all is to save Europe. And he marches forward to Verdun. It is fairly time to end this nonsense. And with whom? cried Gilbert. With the king the queen, and their following. Would you murder a king and a queen? Oh, no. That would be a bad blunder. They must be publicly tried, condemned, and executed, as we have the example set by the execution of Charles I. But one way or another, doctor, we must get rid of them, and the sooner the better. Who has decided this? protested Gilbert. Let me hear. Is it the intelligence, the honor, and the conscience of the people of whom you speak? When genius, loyalty, and justice were represented by Mirabeau, Lafayette, and Vagniaud. If you had said, Louis must die in the names of those three, I should have shuddered, but I should doubt. In whose name do you pronounce now? Hissed actors? Paltry editors? Hotheads like Marat, who have to be bled to cool them when they shriek for thousands of heads? Leave these failures who think they are wonders, because they can undo in a stroke the work which it has taken nature a few score years, for they are villains, master." and you ought not to associate with such burlesques of men. My dear Gilbert, you are mistaken again, said the prime mover. They are not villains. You misuse the word. They are mere instruments. Of destruction? Aye, but for the benefit of an idea the enfranchisement of the people, Gilbert. Liberty, 
the republic not merely french god forbid me having so selfish an idea but universal the federation of the free world no these men have not genius or honor or conscience but something stronger more inexorable less resistible they have instinct like attila's you have hit it of attila who called himself the scourge of god and came with the barbaric blood of the north to redeem a roman civilization corrupted by the feasting debauched emperors but in brief to sum up instead of generalizing whither will tend a massacre asked gilbert to a plain issue we will compromise the assembly and the commune and the people of paris we must soak paris in blood for you understand that paris is the brain of france or of europe so that paris feeling that there is no forgiveness possible for her will rise like one man urge france before her and hurl the enemy off the sacred soil but you are not a frenchman what odds is it to you asked gilbert you were not an american but you were glad to have the rebel paul jones take you to america and aid the rebels to free the colonies from the british yoke how can a man of superior mettle and intelligence say to another do not meddle with us for you are not french are not the affairs of france those of the world is france working solely for herself now think you hark you gilbert i have debated all these points with a mind far stronger than yours the man or devil named altatus and one day he made a calculation of the quantity of blood which must be shed before the sun rises on the free world his reasonings did not shake my conviction i marched on i march on and on i shall march overturning all that stands in my path and saying to myself in a calm voice as i look around with a serene look woe to the obstacle for this is the future which is coming now you have the pardon of someone to ask i grant it beforehand tell me the name of the man or the woman i wish to save a woman whom neither of us master can allow to die the countess of charny the mother of sebastian gilbert you know that it is danton who as minister of justice has the prison keys yes but i also know that the chief of the invisibles can say to danton open or shut that door cogliostro rose and going over to a writing desk wrote a cabalistic sign on a small square of paper presenting this to gilbert he said 
Go and find Danton, and ask him anything you like. Gilbert rose. What are you going to do when the king's turn comes? I intend to be elected to the convention so as to vote with all my power against his death. Be it so. I can understand that, said the leader. Act as your conscience dictates, but promise me one thing. What is it? There was a time when you would have promised without a condition, Gilbert. At that time you would not have told me that a nation could heal itself by murdering, or a people gain by massacre. Have it your own way. Only promise me that when the king shall be executed, you will follow the advice I give you. Any advice from the master will be precious, he said, holding out his hand. And will be followed, persisted Cogliostro. I swear, if not hurtful to my conscience. Gilbert, you are unjust. I have offered you much. Have I ever required aught of you? No, master, was Gilbert's reply. And now, furthermore, you give me a life dearer than mine own. Go, said the arch-revolutionist, and may the genius of France, one of whose noblest sons you are, ever guide you. The Count went out, and Gilbert followed him, stepping into the carriage, still waiting, to be driven to the Minister of Justice. Danton was waiting for one of two things. If he turned to the commune, he and Marat and Robespierre would rule, and he wanted neither of them. Unfortunately, the Assembly would not have him, and its support to rule alone was the other alternative. When Gilbert came, he had been wrestling with his wife, who guessed that the massacre was determined upon. He had told her that she talked like a woman in asking him to die rather than let the red tide flow on. "'You say that you will die of the stain, and that my sons will blush for me? No, they will be men some day, and if true Dantons, they will carry their head high. If weak, let them deny me. If I let them commence the massacre by me, for opposing it, do you know what will become of the revolution between that bloodthirsty maniac Marat and that sham utopist Robespierre?' I will stay the bloodshed if I can, and if not, I will take all the guilt on my shoulders. The burden will not prevent me marching to my goal, only I shall be the more terrible. Gilbert entered. Come, Dr. Gilbert, I have a word for you. Opening a little study door, he let the visitor into it. How can I be useful to you? he asked. Gilbert took out the paper the Invisible had given him, and presented it to Danton. "'Ah, you come on his account, do you? What do you desire?' "'The liberation of a woman prisoned in the Abbey.' "'The name?' "'The Countess of Charny.' Danton took a sheet of paper and wrote the release. "'There it is,' he said. 
are there others you would wish to save speak i should like to save some of the unfortunates i have all my desire said gilbert bowing go doctor said the minister and when you need anything of me apply direct i am happy to do anything for you man to man ah he muttered at the door and showing him out if i had only your reputation doctor as an honorable man bearer of the precious paper which assured andrea's life the father of her son hastened to the abbey though nearly midnight threatening groups still hung round the door gilbert passed through the midst of them and knocked at it the gloomy panel in the low arched way was opened gilbert shuddered as he went through it was to be the way to the tomb the order presented to the warden stated that instant release was to be given to the person whom dr gilbert should point out he named the countess of charny and the governor ordered a turnkey to lead gilbert to the prisoner's cell the doctor followed the man up three flights of a spiral staircase where he entered a cell lighted by a lamp pale as marble in mourning a woman sat at a table bearing the lamp reading a chagrin prayer-book adorned with a silver cross a brand of fire burned in the fireplace in spite of the sound of the door opening she did not lift her eyes the steps approaching did not move her she appeared absorbed in her book but it was absence of mind for gilbert stood several minutes without her turning a leaf the warder had closed the door with himself on the outer side my lady the countess ventured gilbert after a while raising her eyes andrea looked without perceiving at first the veil of her mind was between her and the speaker but it was gradually withdrawn ah and is it you dr gilbert what do you want she inquired madame very ugly rumors are afloat about what is going to happen in the prisons yes it is said that the prisoners are to be slaughtered rejoined andrea but you know dr gilbert that i am ready to die i come to take you away madame he continued bowing whither would you take me doctor she asked in surprise wherever you like madame you are free he showed her the release order signed by danton which she read but instead of returning it she kept it in her hand i might have suspected this she observed trying to smile but she had forgotten the way you were sure to try to prevent me dying madame there is but one existence which would be dearer to me than my parents had i ever known my parents it is yours yes and that is why you broke your promise to me i did not madame for i sent you the poison by my son i did not tell you by what hand i should send it in short you have thought of me gilbert 
so you entered the lion's den for my sake and came forth with the talisman which unseals doors i told you madame that as long as i lived you should not die nay dr gilbert i believe that this time i hold death by the hand said andrea with something more like a smile than her previous attempt madame i declare to you that i will stay you from dying even though i have to employ force without replying andrea tore the order into pieces and tossed them into the fire try it she said gilbert uttered an outcry dr gilbert said she i have given up the idea of suicide but not of dying i long for death gilbert let a groan escape him all that i ask of you is that you will save my body from outrage after death it has not escaped it in life count charny rests in the family vault at boisson there i spent the happiest days of my life and i wish to repose by him oh, in heaven's name i implore you and i implore you in the name of my sorrow it is well lady you were right in saying that i am bound to obey you in all points i go but i am not vanquished do not forget my last wish if i do not save you in spite of yourself it shall be accomplished replied gilbert saluting her for the last time he went forth and the door banged to with that lugubrious sound peculiar to prison doors end of chapter twenty two recording by john van stan savannah georgia